Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit presenceoc.org. Thank y'all. Thank you. So, um, miracles already happened this morning for me because I'm in my first trimester. And I'm going to tell y'all what, it is no joke. All right. The morning sickness, no, 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 no. It is all day sickness. So, I was praying last night, God, just get me up out of bed. He did that, which was a miracle. God, just get some food in my system. Just get me to that church. So, thank you, Lord, for, for getting me here. Hopefully I can get through most of this. Um, Would y'all just actually extend a hand and let's just pray for me. Let's just pray (laughs) that I don't have to run to the restroom. But if I do, don't judge me. Just give me a minute, okay? We'll have Jesse sing or something again. Yeah, God, I just thank you for this morning. Thank you for this place, God. Thank you for pregnancy. Um, yeah, God, I just pray that, uh, whatever you want me to say this morning will be said and what you don't want me to say, I would just forget. We'll blame it on the pregnancy brain, Lord. Yeah. God, would you just be glorified in this place? Jesus name. Amen. So it was 1997 and I was sitting in Louisville, Kentucky in a very small trailer in a trailer park in Hodunk, Kentucky. Actually, I heard somebody was from Kentucky in here this morning. Hey, we're probably related. Let's talk afterwards. But I was sitting in this little trailer and I remember watching the Weather Channel and the weatherman was saying that a storm was coming. We had a tornado watch and a tornado warning and a this. Hey, good to see you. I was, was not expecting that. And a this and a that. Um, and, and in Kentucky, like, it rains all the time. There's like a tornado watch and a tornado warning every 10 minutes. Like, it is a hot mess outside. And then 10 minutes later, all the kids are outside playing because the sun's come out and it's beautiful. And so it, it is not uncommon for the weatherman to say that there's a storm on the horizon. And people don't get all crazy and hide out for shelter immediately. They kind of wait out the storm. But I remember this particular day, as I was watching this weatherman, a lot of our neighbors in our little trailer park came on over and I could hear rumblings of, are you all gonna stay or are you gonna go to a family member's house? And a couple hours had passed, and I realized that the storm was actually going to hit our area. The tornado was coming towards our place. And I don't know if y'all know, but you don't want to be in a trailer when a tornado comes. And so a lot of people fled. A lot of people, you know, went to other family members' houses, to basements, or took shelter elsewhere. Um, and and my, my mother did what any good southern woman would do. And she got myself and my brother and put us in the bathtub with a mattress over top our bodies. Because apparently that's what you do when a tornado is coming and you don't feel like leaving. You just hang out in the bathtub with a mattress over your body. Luckily, we are alive and we weren't harmed. Um, But this morning, as I was preparing for this message, um, this week even, I'm going to preach on fear And it's probably one of my favorite topics to preach on. And I've preached on it several times, and I've used this story several times. Um, So if you will, I want you to turn to John 6, 16 through 21. I remember sitting in that bathtub with this mattress over my body for several of hours, not knowing what was going to happen. 
not knowing uh, if that tornado was going to come towards us or if it was going to bypass us. I had seen lots of pictures and lots of newspaper clippings of what a trailer looks like after a tornado has hit it. And so I sat as a little girl in my, in my little tub wondering what was going to happen. And I remember fear overcame me. And this morning's story has a little bit to do with rain, has a little bit to do with a storm, and has a whole lot to do with fear in the unknown. And so if you will, John six 16, I'm just going to read through verse 21. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into the boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or four and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water, and they were terrified. Some um, translations would say fearful or afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. Now, most of you probably already know that the gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record a lot of the same stories, a lot of the same miracles. This particular story is only found in three of the four gospels. Now they're all a little bit different because they're written by different people, different perspectives. But this morning I'm going to briefly just stay on John and then we'll compare and contrast a couple of the other ones. But I find this version in John very interesting Because it is a miracle that is for the believer. The disciples had just come from the feeding of the 5,000. Now, we would assume that the feeding of the 5,000, which was really like 15 or 20,000 because the women and children weren't counted, but we would assume that that was for non-believers and believers alike, people who believed in Jesus who followed him. But this particular miracle, this particular story is actually only happening in front of the disciples. And so I want y'all to note that this morning as we run through this, that there is a powerful word today that God wants to speak to you as believers in here. But also, if you're not a believer, he's going to say something to you as well. But it is interesting to note that this miracle only happens in front of the disciples. And I always try to have one main point for you to take away because most time you don't believe 20% of what we say up here. So if there is one thing, it's a proven fact, if there is one thing that you remember this morning that you take home with you this week, I want you to remember this. Fear is not your friend. Fear is not your friend. Fear, in fact, is your enemy. Fear is a liar. Fear is not your friend. In verse 19 of John's account, it says that they were frightened when they saw Jesus walking on water. Now, I went to to Bible school and I get real excited about exegeting scripture and tearing it apart, so you have to forgive me and deal with my nerdiness for a little bit of time this morning. But scripture says they were frightened not because the storm had come. It doesn't say they were frightened because the waves had grew stronger or larger. It doesn't say they were frightened because they'd been out rowing three, three and a half, four miles and getting nowhere. It says they were frightened when they saw Jesus walking near them. And what's really interesting here is this boat is full of a lot of skilled fishermen. 
Men who had probably been in the same situation. They had probably fished in rocky waters before. They had probably been out and got caught in a storm. They had probably been on the lake before trying to fish and just had to hang tight until the storm passed. So they were men who were used to this type of environment. It wasn't abnormal. It wasn't something they had probably never been in before. But their fear didn't come from the wind or the rain or the storm or sitting out in the middle of this lake. Their fear came from the unknown of who Jesus was when he started to walk towards them. Now this blows my mind. Because they had just come from the feeding of the 5,000. Literally, it's in the same chapter. Like, we're just 15 verses down from the feeding of the 5,000. They had just hung out with Jesus and a whole bunch of people took a couple loaves and two fish, and it had been expanded to 15 to 20 thousands of people. They had just come from that. They had just seen this insane miracle. Now, not that any miracle is less or or bigger than any other ones, but it wasn't like they had just come from somebody who had an achy knee and the knee was feeling better and, you know, they were doing good. No, they had just come from watching bread and fish be multiplied to feed 15 to 20,000 of people. They had just experienced this. Yet, catch this, when they see Jesus, they don't know who he is and they are fearful of the unknown as he's walking towards the boat. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when I watch movies, uh, when I read books, I always like to think which character I'd be. Anybody else do that? You like put yourself in which character you'd be. And I'm always the hero, or at least the smart person. Maybe some of y'all choose the villain. I don't ever, ever want to be the villain. I want to be at least the smart one. I don't have to necessarily be the Superman or the Batman in the story, but at least give me some sense, right? And so I thought about this story, and I thought, Gosh, surely, Lord, if I'm sitting in that boat with a bunch of the disciples, I'm going to kick back. I'm going to put my feet up on the ledge of the boat, and I'm be like, y'all chill out. It's cool. It's probably Jesus. Y'all remember when he healed the nobleman's son? Y'all remember when he turned water into wine? Man, can y'all believe he just fed all those people? Good thing I didn't have to cook. Like, I would hope that in that story, I'm the one like, duh, it's Jesus. I know you can't see him past that fog, but it's got to be him. He's got to be coming. No reason to fear. Let's just hang out. Let's just tell stories. But the disciples are fearful when they see him. And unfortunately, scripture doesn't point to the fact that, that they thought that that they thought Jesus would come. Now, this is miracle number 20 of 37 miracles that takes place in the Gospels. This isn't miracle number one. This isn't like, whoa, coincidence, it happened. No, this is miracle number 20 of 37 that happens in the Gospels. Like, they're at the tail end of Jesus trying to show them what's up. And yet still, they haven't quite got it. Because they allowed fear of the unknown and unseen to convince them otherwise. They've allowed fear of the unknown and unseen to convince them otherwise. And I reminded myself as I was reading through the scripture of sitting in that bathtub. (laughs) That's my analogy for this morning, sorry. Sitting in that bathtub and thinking all I could remember was what the world had told me would happen if a tornado came. And I had forgotten or not thought of everything that my God would do to protect me. 
Oftentimes, I think when we're faced with fear, we remember a lot. We rely heavily, unfortunately, on what the news tells us or how the presidential candidates are acting or or what people are saying will happen. And we forget that our God is a mighty God. And we rely on the unknown and the fear that comes with that. And isn't it so true how fear can cripple us. It's a crippling, crippling disease in itself. It can can just cripple us. And this morning, I don't know what fear might look like for you. I don't know maybe if a little bit of rain or a little bit of wind in your life looks like for you. It might have to do with the relationship. It might have to do with a family issue or problem or situation happening. It might be that you're not walking in your full inheritance because somewhere along the way somebody told you you weren't good enough or couldn't do it. I don't know what fear looks like for you this morning, but I hope, I hope that when you leave here, we can break off some of that, all of that, and start believing in what God is saying, that he is near, that he is the protector, that he is the provider. Because fear is not our friend. Fear is not our friend. Fear is a liar. There's actually, I saw a little quote thingy on Pinterest, like, fear is a liar. I'm like, yes, yes it is, yes. I love Pinterest. The good news is in 1 John, we read that perfect love casts out all fear. Everybody say that. Perfect love casts out all fear. Well, guess who perfect love is? Y'all are smart. Good job. Perfect love cast out all fear. But it's a lot easier to say that. It's a lot easier to say, perfect love cast out all fear. And then when something hits us, to declare that in that moment. And I'm going to be honest, even this week as, as I was preparing and just thinking and praying through, God, what do you want to say? Um, there was something that came up in, in our family. And I thought, haha, I'm used to this. You're trying to get me. You're trying to fear. You're trying to come at me when I'm talking about fear. It ain't going to happen. And so we just sat on our couch and we just declared God's goodness and God's truths over our life. And I'm going to tell you all what it changes. It changes everything. When you start to declare God's truth over your life, instead of knitting fear, a little hat and keep it on the left side of your heart saying, if you just stay right there, it's okay. Wow. We got to stop doing that. Have any of y'all ever been on WebMD? Raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed. No? Jesse's like, no. Okay, some of us. Okay, so I'm going I'm to be real, real with y'all. So WebMD is really bad for me. I actually have to like give that over to the Lord. Because anytime I have a situation, I'm like, well, WebMD, it's full. Of, so for those of you that don't know, it's a website that has a bunch of doctors and great wisdom. Um, and you just tap in like your symptom that you're having. And it'll tell you everything that you could possibly like be wrong. And so one day I had like a little headache like right here and it wouldn't go in. It was just like this one spot in my temple. And so I read WebMD and probably within 10 minutes, I figured that I was dying. So I went to Paris and told him, I think that I'm dying. He's like, say why? I'm like, oh, WebMD told me. Um, but it's true. The more we read into fear, the more we believe it. Like, I, I, I kind of for real thought that I was dying from a little temple headache because I was reading into that. I was feeding the fear. I was feeding it. I wasn't cutting it out. I was feeding it. But I love 2 Timothy 1.7. If y'all want to write this down, this is a really good one. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power 
and of love and of sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of sound mind. It's actually not normal for you to be fearful. It's actually not normal for you to walk in fear because Jesus is perfect love and perfect love casts out fear. And he's also the light of the world. And I don't know about y'all, but I believe that light breaks darkness. There's multiple places in scripture where um, God is compared to light. And I know y'all Californians don't have like a whole lot of storms like we do back home, but if I'm honest, if it is raining and it's during the day, I get a cup of tea, I sit by the window, I Instagram like hashtag beautiful, hashtag relaxing, hashtag hot tea. But if it is nighttime and it is storming, I don't want to be by the window. I'm not hashtagging those things. I'm like hashtag go away. Like I don't want any part to do with it. I do love the white noise of the rain, but if it's like thundering and lightning and it's all crazy, it's like I want nothing to do with it. But if it's during the day, it's like uber relaxing to me. The moment it hits darkness, I'm like, nope, not by the window, not at all. Don't want to be a part of it. And it's true how fear will settle in so much deeper in the darkness. There was a, um, <laughs> I'm really embarrassing myself this morning, but there's a story when we were in college. This is my husband, Paris. We were in college, um, and it had been probably one of the first storms I was a part of in California. Um, I say that like it is a festivity. I am from Kentucky. But it was like a pretty big storm, and I'd only been here a couple months, and I remember being on the phone with him, and my roommate was gone on like a basketball tournament or something, and um, I'm on the phone with Paris, and I am terrified. We, have these, we had these huge glass sliding doors that when just like a little bit of rain hit it, it was like pound. So it had just been like storming all day. I was good in the daytime. It hit night. I was fearful. I was super terrified. So I call my boyfriend and I'm, you know, trying to talk to him and act all brave and cool. And I start to hear something. I'm like, there is somebody on the roof. Like I have worked myself up to believing that it is the perfect time to break into our dorm because it is nighttime and it is storming. And of course you can't hear it if you break into the glass because people are going to think it's the storm and my roommate's not there. So they must know that they must know that I'm alone and I can't fight and they come in to get my stuff. Like I had a bunch of stuff to steal in college anyways, but that's what I'm thinking. And so I'm on the phone with my boyfriend and I, were we, were we together at that point? We did traditional courtship, so I can never remember. But so we're on the phone, and I'm like, somebody is on the roof, and they are coming. They're coming in here. And in his very sweet and very patient spirit that he has, he said to me, Nicole, you know that you live on the first of three floors. So the person on your roof is probably the students on the second floor. I just pretended like I knew that and moved on real fast. Like, oh my gosh, he probably thinks I'm an idiot. He's going to break up with me. But (laughs) how true is that in a lot of areas? Like when we get focused on the fear, when we get focused on the unknown, when we we get focused on we don't know what's going to happen next or how this transition is going to bail out or what job is going to come or how our family's actually going to make it or what house we're going to live in. When we get focused on that, we make up all kinds of stories. We think somebody's trying to come in and steal our college stuff. I don't have anything. When we focus on fear, it, it, it just continues to lie to us. 
In John 8, it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, will not be fearful in darkness, will not question his goodness in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we can actually walk in light when dark times are coming and near and surrounding us. And in Matthew 5, 14, I think this is a lot of fun. He says, you, you are the light of the world. And so if Jesus is the light and you are the light, we got like a double anointing of lightness on us, which means we don't have to walk in fear ever, whether it's daytime or nighttime or whatever. Matthew's account of this story says something that I love. He says that as soon as the disciples cried out in fear, Jesus immediately said this, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Isn't that funny to think if I like showed up at your house and you're in your kitchen and I like kind of like came in all sneakishly and it's dark outside and you, you didn't know who I was. Like, what if I said, hey, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Like, it might be kind of funny. It might be kind of weird. Like, who's this person? Who's this white girl? Get her out of my house. But this is Jesus saying to his disciples in Matthew's account, take courage. Don't be fearful, silly willies. It is I. You know me. You've seen me. You've walked with me. You get me. You should by now. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage. You know who I am. You have no reason to be afraid. Now, are we taking courage in our lives? Are we taking courage today? Are we looking fear in the face and saying, you're a liar and I'm not going to believe you and I'm going to stand and take courage on who God says he is and what his word says about me and I'm not going to be afraid of you? Are we squashing all the fear that comes up against us? I have a lot of it, honestly, a lot that comes up against me, but I get to go, ha ha, I know you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to take courage. Verse 21, I love this part. It says that they were willing to take him, Jesus, into the boat. They were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. What's interesting is that I believe that a lot changes when we just let Jesus in. A lot changes when we let him into those fearful places. I once heard somebody say, have you prayed about as much as you've talked about it? Have you talked to God about it as much as you've complained about it? And I've been guilty of it too, but in those times where we're just not sure, in those times where fear can overcome us, in those times when things just may not make sense, are we taking courage and are we believing what God says? And are we letting him in? We letting him into our boat, if you will. We letting him come in. Because scripture says that the moment that Jesus got in the boat, take note of this, y'all. This is really good. The moment that Jesus got in the boat, the wind stopped and they were transported to their destination. The moment that he got in the boat, the wind stopped. So something super, there's like multiple miracles happening here. Something supernatural happened. The wind stops and they are now transported. Remember, they've been rowing three, three and a half, four miles in the middle of the lake getting nowhere. They are now transported immediately. It doesn't say, and it took them, you know, an hour, only an hour instead of three hours to get where they needed to go. No, it says immediately they were transported to their destination. 
See, the supernatural, unbelievable, impossible happens when we just bring Jesus into those places. Amen. When we expect him to do something about it. There's been a lot of times in my life I'm like, I got this. No, I got to expect that God's going to do something about it. I got to expect that a miracle is going to come out of this. I got to ask him for that. I got to remember that it's going to happen. There's a, the same story found in Mark 6, I believe, Mark 6. And it's interesting because there's a lot of, I'm using that word this morning, there's a lot of interesting things going on here in Scripture. Um, it's interesting because it says that the disciples' hearts were hardened when they had not learned or understood about the loaves. So in this same story, it says the disciples' hearts were hardened because they had not yet understood about the loaves, about the feeding of 5,000. They had just come from the miracle. They saw it, yet they had not yet understood. They had watched it. They had participated. They had passed out the bread themselves. But Mark's account of this same story of Jesus walking on water says their hearts were hardened because they didn't understand that if they were in a situation... Jesus would come right at them. They didn't understand. They lacked the basic faith that said this was normal. That this miracle, that this expectation was very normal. They lacked that. And yet, y'all, 20th miracle, yet their hearts were hardened because they had not yet understood. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be that person I don't want to watch miracle after miracle. I don't, I don't want to forget all that God has done and then my heart be hardened at the one thing when I, when I see him coming right at me. A lot of times I actually, um, I try and journal out everything that God has done. The little things, the big things, because we forget. I can't remember what I did last weekend. So I'd like to go back to that. God has done this. God has got me through that. I encourage y'all to do it. It's really good. Put it in your closet. Put up a little piece of paper on your mirror, wherever. It's insane the amount of things that God will do in your life that you actually start to remember. You're like, oh, yeah, that was just last week. That was just last year. That was when I first got saved. It's amazing. And that will encourage you to continue on and to trust that he's going to do it again. This entire time of Jesus' ministry, all he is doing is trying to teach the disciples what's normal in the kingdom of God. All he's doing is trying to teach the disciples what is normal. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, time again with the disciples, showing them, teaching them, discipling them into doing that for when he is gone so that they could do greater things. Y'all know, I think it's John 14, says, whoever believes in me will do greater things. That blows my mind. If that doesn't blow your mind, y'all need to read it again. That we will do greater things. He was discipling the disciples to show them what was normal in the kingdom of God so that they could do greater things. I'm going I'm, I'm to end here. I just feel, feel like it's time to end. I don't know what, what fear looks like for you this morning. Maybe fear looks like control. Maybe, maybe fear looks like not taking the next step. Maybe fear looks like the things that I mentioned earlier. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe you came in here, you don't have any, and I want to be your friend. Come find me afterwards. But I promise you, 
And if you're not a believer, this probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you're not a believer, it might seem too good to be true. So come talk to me afterwards. But man, God is all about taking that fear away. Because it cripples us. It lies to us. It's not truthful. And if we walk in what we believe fear is saying... We walk in that. We actually have a tunnel vision of what God is doing to the left and to the right of us. And so I'm actually just going to have you all close your eyes. I just want to, I really feel like I need to break off some of that this morning. Um, yeah, if there's, just so I know I'm talking to somebody, if you just shut your eyes, throw your hand up, if there is some area in your life where fear has maybe overcome you or you just want to get rid of it or break it off, okay, good, so half the room, awesome. Yeah, Lord, yeah, God, we just know who you are, Lord. I know who you are, Papa. God, I just thank you for the people that came here this morning. I thank you that it was not a coincidence that these people showed up here this morning, God, that you had a message, that you have a declaration over their life, Father. God, I just break off anything right now that fear is doing in their life, in Jesus' name. I break off the fear of finances for for somebody in here. I break off the fear of commitment. I break off the fear that you're going to be alone for a long time. I break off the fear that there actually is no plans for you. Yeah, God, I just pray covering blessings over each person in here, Lord, that these would be people that would walk in your mighty power and do greater things because they do not succumb to fear in their life. Lord, would you just give them new shoes as they walk out this morning? Lord, would you just break off anything that is not of you, Father? And would you remind them that when fear comes up against them, God, that fear is a liar and you are a lover and you don't want them to sit in any of that. Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna have our prayer team, if y'all wanna come up and the worship team even. And... If y'all just need, oh, just kidding, there's no worship. I'm still getting used to that. Well, maybe we're supposed to do it again. Um, If y'all need prayer for anything, we have professional prayer people. They're amazing. We love them. Um, Come up, get prayer on your way out. Talk to some people. Grab some coffee and snacks. Um, Yeah. And every week, you know, we, we don't want to do church just to do church. We want to do family, and, and we, we want people to come to know Jesus. And so this morning, if you came in here and you don't know Jesus, this morning if you came in here and all this stuff that I just said, you're like, that girl is cray. Get her out of here. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I want to tell y'all that it's true, that that's who my papa is. That's who my Jesus is. And so if you've come in here this morning and you don't know him, He wants to know you. He knows you. He wants you to know him. And so every week we're going to do like old school altar call, but we just want you to know Jesus. We just want you to have a personal relationship with him. And so if that is you, I just want you to come up, talk to us. We'll have Chris and Jesse come up and, and our prayer team. So love you guys. Come on. Can we just give a round of applause? Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.